Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, baseball is not boring, and uh, there's nobody who proves it on a day-in, day-out basis ever since I've known him than manager David Ross. Manager, dancer David Ross, catcher David Ross, announcer David Ross, manager, whatever, t-shirt wearer David Ross, whatever you want. What do you want to be called? You got to come in with more. If baseball is not boring, you got to come in with a little more excitement to start the show off. Uh, you're the one. Listen, I I scream it from the mountaintops every single day. It's my <laughs> it's my my mission, my passion, my job. So I yeah, I listen. I like I mean, manager David Ross. I like that one. Manager David. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah, that's what John Lester calls me. Lester still calls. Oh. Me. Manager David. That's what oh, manager David. Oh, really? Even now? Oh, wow. Look at you. Look at you. Yeah. All right. Uh well. Uh, you uh, you have um you have been part of the the cause because you have worn the baseballs and boring t-shirt. We have confirmation of it walking through the streets of Chicago with wearing it. I should have worn it for the show. I didn't I didn't um uh, I should have, you know, just at least had it on here, but um it's my uh it's my go-to. It it doubles as an undershirt at times and uh, I rocked it at the I went to the beach last week and had it. Ooh. I pack it. It's it's on the it's on the regular rotation. And, and I don't even want to ask. So you are the only manager in the history of baseball that has not only has a baseball isn't boring shirt, but has a T-shirt with my Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> I do have both. I do have both. That is, I am like your self promoter. That's for sure. You just keep feeding me T-shirts. I must look like a guy that needs a T-shirt every time I see you. Well, listen. I pay you in T-shirt and smiles and in in uh, podcasts. Uh, but 
But I appreciate it, man. I appreciate always when you jump on. Uh, this is obviously our new venture. Uh, it's national, so you're speaking to the nation. Oh, cool. Now. Congratulations. Nice. Um, and um, so, you know, I want to get to a couple things. But, you know, as I, as I text to you, I, we like to sort of break things down in, in parts of baseball. This is why baseball is so awesome, which is little things. You can take something and have something so small – and have such great stories and great such great feelings. And when that happens on Saturday night, when the Houston Astros w- clinch that game, and, uh, and that last out is made, I don't think people understand what that feeling is like. Not only do, do I not I think that people understand what that feeling is like, but then take it to another level about catching the pitch and jumping into the arms, there's not a lot of people on this planet, David, that that can say, I did that, and I know what that feeling is. I'm just going to step back. You tell me. You tell me what that feels like. <laughs> oh, man. You're giving me uh, – this. I didn't know we were just going to have all smiles this podcast. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. Like, you watch – you why. And this is this is going to sound so bad, but I watch and I'm jealous, to be honest with you, because I know what that's like. So I get this sense of jealousy, like, man, I want to be on that stage. That's why I'm doing my job right now is is I talk all the time to the guys like I'm I'm managing because I want to do that again. I want to do something cool, historic. That feeling is what I'm chasing still and in, in being a part of that a couple of times. I, I want to know what it's like to do it as a, a manager, to lead a group of men, to to be a part of that special team that you're connected to for the rest of your life. You know, I'm I'm still, you know, I run into, you know, Brock Holt or Xander Bogarts or, um, you know, different guys that, um, you know, when I get on here with you, I just think Boston, but I run into different guys I'm connected to for the rest of my life and keep in touch with because of those moments. Um, Koji, you know, striking striking out Carpenter there, um, you know, with that splitty away and and me telling the entire nice job and thanking God for that opportunity and then running out there and I've never felt an, another grown man in my arms feel so light uh, in my life. Uh, you know, take that quote where you, where you will. But like, I, I just, I just, uh, it's a special feeling, man. You work so hard and you see the joy on those guys. You see Dusty Baker and, and all that he's gotten to accomplish in his professional baseball career and the joy that's on his face and those players and how they are connected, man, there's nothing better than that. And, and, um, but the sense of jealousy is what runs through my body. <laughs> I want to be there so bad. Well, in fairness, I was extremely jealous watching you dance on dancing with the stars. So there you go. Um, so we, we all have to be jealous about something, but I will, I, I want to go to that moment you talked about. And like you said, you win it with the Cubs. It's you've won a couple different times. You've had that feeling a couple different times, but when you're catching, this is again, I do not know what this feels like. When you're catching, Koji's pitching, Carpenter's up. Yep. You know that you were one strike away, one strike away from the ultimate thing that you've been chasing your whole life, that you're chasing the whole year, the seven months. You put your fingers down. What do you remember about? That like you remember thinking that it was okay. We just have to. This is a cliche, but we have to execute like another pitch. No, or, 
Like you I'm are. Yeah. So this is this is what's gonna happen. He's yeah. gonna throw this pitch, and I'm gonna run out. Well, the first two outs were fly balls to Johnny Gomes and left. So I'm like, it looks like Johnny might get all three. You know, that was in my mind. Um, what is what, once we got? I'm, I distinctly remember. You know, this is this is like just my brain. Like, don't forget to thank the umpire. I'm already running through because we we had the game in hand. Like, right. don't thank the umpire. Don't forget to thank God and um, just keep throwing the splitty. I'm not going anything but Koji splitty from. We had two strikes on him uh, on Matt, and I'm just like, we're I'm throwing splitties until until he either puts one in play or we punch him out or we walk him. I'm not I'm not throwing anything else unless Koji shakes it off. Um, and I remember just continue. I mean, Koji was probably the best one of the best bullpen guy closers I've ever I mean he went on that run that was just ridiculous and so you knew the game was over and he was coming in and he could throw that splitty wherever I remember setting up middle away uh to carp and it just disappeared and I caught it and was like holy cow I just caught the last out and then I I you know run out there did my thing and run out there and it was just chaos after then it's all a blur like it really is all the way to like Till you get to the parade, I think it all is like on both teams. It's just, it's once the out is made, it's just all a blur of partying and celebrating and hugging. And um, I think you can think about all the things that can go wrong. I think I try to process those things within that moment. But I remember getting two strikes. It's like, well, we're all, we're throwing all splitties here till till uh, till he gets out or gets a hit or or gets on base. Uh, that was the main thing I was thinking about the process. There was no lot. We, I mean, we had a. I think we were what? What was the final score? Six nothing. What was the? It was a lot to a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we were on like six runs or something. And but but the other memory I remember distinctly in that was uh, I was on deck when JD Drew, uh, Stephen Drew hit the the uh, home run to put us up a pretty good bit. And I remember standing on deck and watching. He hit it, and I I I knew it was gone right then. It gave us a pretty good lead. And I remember as soon as he hit it, I looked in the stands, like take in this moment for a second this is going to be really cool. And I just looked in the stands and watched the crowd react. That was probably one of my favorite moments of probably all my playoff uh, experiences. It was, it was so cool to watch the fans react in unison being on the field when you know something just happened, but they, they hadn't clued in on it yet. Cause they're, they're, they're in uh they're in suspense, whether it's going to go out or not. That was a really cool moment. What was there a difference in the feeling between the, the one in Chicago and the one in Boston? Yeah, the one in Chicago was was a lot a lot tighter. It was Game Seven. We're at Cleveland. Um, I think the cool thing about Boston was being at home. Uh, I just heard something about the Astros World Series. The first time a team has celebrated at home since that thirteen team. Um, so that's really. I thought that was really cool. I remember just like we just went. We got to party in our own locker room and and our families were there and it was just so like you know it just was home and uh that that world series i go back to that was just a special i mean with the bombing and everything that was that that's just right. there's just a a deeper connection on and and kind of uh mantra to that world series than the one in in, in chicago i was much more poised, much, the veteran guy. You know, I was leaning on David Ortiz and Dustin Pedroia, and you know, El- yeah. In Chicago, you're like, get you know, get on my back, boys. This is how it's done. <laughs> well, I was the one talking to the young guys and like keeping the 
keeping the mindset right, I think, and just trying to also, like I was retiring after that year. So um, enjoying that run and trying to take it all in. Uh, we had great leadership and Joe Madden and, and Lester was there and we had Lackey was there. Ben Zobris had just won a World Series. So we had good veterans. We also had a lot of young guys that were just in awe of the moments. And I remember that feeling and could relate to a, a lot of that. You know, David, I was uh, we talked a little bit about this when I saw you in Chicago for the critically acclaimed book that's coming out March 14th, A Damn Near Perfect Game, um, which you know, you're part of, by the way. Congratulations. Oh, nice. There you go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, Amazon. You can order it now. Um, but uh, we were talking about this, about what it feels like to, to win a championship. And, and I, you know, I always, I might've told you this at the time, like I always remember for whatever reason, the image of Steve Young holding up the trophy, like this coming out of his skin. And then you have images of the Houston Astros guys like Trey Mancini. I see the same sort of thing. I see obviously Dusty Baker. Can you describe what it's like to win a world series championship that moment? It's hard, man. It's hard to put into work. Dustin Pedroia, I'll tell you a story. I'm sitting in game on after we won um, and we're partying and, and it's me and him sitting on the couch and watching everything just kind of go down and everybody party and everybody's family, their wives, everybody's just, you know, enjoying the moment. And I, I was just so exhausted. I sat down for a moment and he was sitting there and he was like, it was like, how's it feel, Rossi? And I was like, I don't know, man. I don't, it doesn't you're just, I was just kind of numb. You're just like, wow, you did that, but it doesn't seem real. And he says to me, it won't, it doesn't because he had won one. Right. Uh, and so I don't know the appreciation that I have is like after the fact and watching highlights and going back and watching some of the games, the 16 series I've watched over and over again um, and seeing some of those things and hearing the, what the announcers are talking about that, um, you know, you're not thinking during the game and, and the way they're doing it. But the feeling isn't, it's a, it's not, it's not, I don't know if it's even indescribable. It's joy. It's a, it's a journey you've gone on to reach this goal that seems so hard. But the 13 team, we were talking about it a lot. We talked about winning a World Series in spring training. I mean, Dustin was, is great like that. His leadership and David's and um, the kind of group of guys we had were just, you know, I missed a lot of that season with concussions and getting back. And I thought I would just be a piece to help out and ended up starting a lot of the games in the World Series and catching John and catching the last out. It's just like, what a crazy road I just went on. We just went on as a team. And you started that back in, you know, February 13th or 14th. And now we're world champions. Like, what does that even mean? Like, you know, like you don't, you don't have, it's just, I, for me, it was just indescribable and, and the accolades come and all the, the cool things come afterwards, but like actually being world champions, when you finally experience it, it's just historic. Like that doesn't, you're celebrated forever. It doesn't go away. And but it I, doesn't go away for months. Like Gomes was on, he's talking about this. He's like, he said, you have, the initial celebration, you have the par- you have a couple days, you have the parade, then you go home, then you have to party with your buddies, then you have to party with the next layer of buddies, right? You know, and then well, you your kids' school. I like I remember going to my kids' school and and they were all locked in on the. I brought them all 
uh, t-shirts back to my, my daughter's second grade class. And like, now I'm taking pictures with the kids. And then, you know, there's an autograph signing a month later and you're getting paid to go hang with fans and sign autographs. And then, you know, and then spring training starts back up and they started all over again. Like it's just, you're on this crazy run and everywhere you go, whether you're in the airport or, um, you just, you know, it's kind of, you just, you, you do, you get celebrated that team you hear my favorite thing. My favorite thing that I get to hear is I'll be in the airport. I'll be at dinner. Somebody will come to me and they start to tell me their story. Like people's stories are phenomenal. They tell you the Cubs. This was my grandpa. This was, this was like, I was at a graveside. I was with my aunt. Like they know it to a T and it's, it's Boston. Like you don't know how important I've been a Red Sox fan my entire life. The bearded brothers. And I grew a beard that year. Just like, <laughs> the stories people have, that's my favorite thing because it takes me back to the moments of winning. And when I get to jog my memory on those moments, it obviously makes me feel good and smile. So they think they're telling me this cool story for them, but it's 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 lighting me up inside too. So that's kind of my – that's the thing that, that never goes away. See, I'm here to get you fired up for the season, man. You're like, getting me fired up, buddy. Yeah, I'm let's like, go. Let's, let's go. I've got – I'm trying to do I'm trying to do Thanksgiving dinner plan like plan the meals out for Thanksgiving over here and you're getting me locked in for next I'm year. Try- <laughs> you're gonna work- get on the phone to Jed Hoyer right in two seconds. <laughs> you come on, hey, come on, this is free agency. Let's go. Uh, I but- do want to spin it. It's sort of relating to something you went through to something that's sort of like on the horizon now in the world of baseball, which is free agency. And I always remember this, David, is that. You know, we talk a lot about that 2013 Red Sox team and how that was constructed and how they took the money and they sort of spread it around a little bit. And they didn't, I remember Josh Hamilton was the big guy that, that offseason, right? But, but they signed you and Victorino and Napoli and Dempster and Gomes and all these guys. But you were the first one. You were the first one. You were the, from what I remember, you were the first call. So free agency, uh, it hits midnight or whatever it is. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the Red Sox, like they they called you first. And so my question is, how impactful is that for you, or was that for you? And is that something that is 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 something that you maybe you and Jed whoever that this is a very real thing in baseball, the importance of showing a guy, maybe you maybe not the highest paid guy, but you're a priority for us. Well, you're hit around the head. I you know. Obviously, only Ben knows who all they called, but like they called me, they said one of our top priorities is 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 going to be the the uh, other catcher. I mean, we always going to be in tandem with uh, Salty, mm-hmm. and um, they told me I was a priority because because of the some of the dismay they had been through in twelve and like trying to get together a bunch of of you know I don't want to toot my own horn, but this is what they say, you know, get good clubhouse guys that know baseball and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they, I mean, they did that. If you look at the guys, Johnny Gomes, phenomenal reputation, Ryan Dempster, Shane Victorino, Mike Napoli, all these guys are, are good humans as well as good players and, and good people. And I think that's why we came together so fast. Um, but that did make that, that was everything. I, I, as a player, you want to feel important. You want to you want to matter. I was a backup catcher. I backed up Brian McCann. He's a you know six time Silver Slugger, six time All Star, tons of accolades. I was a backup, and for them to show me one with 
I mean, dollars matter, but with the way they pursued me and the way they wanted to make something happen and the way they put their best foot forward right away, that was everything. It was an easy decision. It wasn't, it was, there was no, nothing else even, even close because of how hard the Red Sox were pushing. Like we want David Ross, he matters. And to come from a, a career 220 hitter and a backup catcher, you know, like that was everything for me. So to fall in love with that place and that organization. Um, and I asked Ben, I remember after winning the world series, I asked Ben like, okay, like what's the real reason that you were pursuing me? And, and he said, you know, your reputation was really good in the game. And, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, run production and there's run prevention and like looking at your numbers, like you, prevented runs and you you won a lot of games when you were catching and that's something we felt like we needed and like that that was a perfect fit for us so um that was really cool you know to hear him say that and the fact that I identified me and um was special because that hasn't always been my reputation too so like I was proud that like I was able to um to go somewhere like Atlanta change my reputation to somebody that was a good teammate and valued um others and winning and and some of the mindset changes that i had went through as i matured and grew up um was really cool for me to 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 know that other people were out there saying that and seeing that have you done that have you done that as a manager since you you've been a manager have you if you guys got together and said hey you know what i'm gonna call this guy at 12 i don't know what it is 1201 or whatever you know when it starts I've definitely been the sales pitch guy for sure. Um, Seiya Suzuki stands out. Um, he, he had a, he had a, uh, you know, a, a, he was courted by a lot of teams last year, but um, I definitely sent my fair share of videos to, uh, to him or whoever. Do, do tell. I mean, what, what, kind of, what do you got? I mean, I didn't, what, I what's the David Ross recruiting pitch look like? I talked to, I talked to him. Like I talked to you, like, you know what I mean? I'm, I try to keep it real. I try to say um, what I value about the player and the person and, and what it's like in Chicago and um, how I've been treated, what it's like to win a world series, what my goals are, why a player like that fits for me. And I just, I, I keep it honest with like, with energy, like, me and you talking buddy like when i get on the when i get on the horn with you it smiles and fun and yeah. like you said let's go let's get some free agents i'm saying yeah i know you, you got choices but you're coming you're coming to chicago let's not you, let's, want, you, you got any free agents you want me to send some t-shirts to i can do that <laughs> I, let's not shock them early on but free t-shirts you never know all right listen, never, listen i mean i'm not gonna say this but anthony rizzo doesn't have a uh, that doesn't have a baseballs and boring t-shirt yet so i mean Hey, we'll uh, I'll, we'll take all the good players that 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 we that want to come to Chicago and want to help win championships. I promise. <laughs> do, do do you like that? Do you like that part of the job? I mean, you you obviously it, it feels good when you you do it. Like say yeah. Suzuki came there. Sure, but do you yeah. like that? Yeah, that that definitely feels good. Um, you know what I'm passionate about is just like getting guys that want to be there and you know, you, you work in Boston, you get to be around that group consistently. Like they're, listen, I'm blessed to have a major league job. I think there's a couple of special cities that I've been in throughout my playing career that I would say are a little bit different or, or, or above the rest, I would say in, in certain areas. And like to win in those spaces and to be a part of championships and winning teams and cities that are great that are passionate about baseball that love baseball 
I'm freaking super passionate about that. I freaking love that shit and it drives me. So, um, I want to be good. Like we, we, we're trying to be better as soon as possible. So the more good players we can get to couple with the ones we've got coming and the ones that are already there. Um, I want to do that. I want to do what, you know, Alex core has done as a manager. I want to do what AJ Hinch has done as a manager. I want to do what, um, Dusty Baker just did. I want to, I want to try to do that. And so, um, I'm passionate about that. So when I give a sales pitch, I try to, uh, that comes out. I think naturally it's not, it's not even a sales pitch. It's just like, Hey no, man, man, it's your real. Like, that's who I that's, am. Yeah. yeah I mean, this is, I I, I, listen, I would play for you. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm looking to upgrade a little more than that, Rob. <laughs> well, I don't know. My pop time is insanely good. <laughs> uh, so, but does this feel, I, I have to ask like, so, you know, it feels like maybe heading into this off season, it feels like, does this feel different? Like in terms of, Maybe that you guys, you guys obviously, it seemed like turned a corner a little bit. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like turned a corner. And now maybe there's a little bit more resources coming your way. Does it feel a little bit different this offseason than last? You know, um, I'll say yes as a blanket statement. Like it's different. And I think we're still building. Uh, we've got some young, we've had three teams in the minor leagues championship. Um, playoffs uh we've got some talent coming we found out a lot of questions that we got answered this year um we're not where we want to be uh we've got great ownership but i also always take baseball and whether it's the off season or the in season i just take it, it, it with a grain of salt like we'll see you know we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll we will see I, I don't like speaking ahead of like we think there's you know these finalities or certainties in our game or predictions of what might happen players at the end of the day have the choice of where they want to go um and so they have to choose us uh when you are free agent uh, and we're going to set we we set our sights on certain guys but th- at the end of the day they have to want to be there they have to want the same things we want and when you get in front of them and talk to them and present them with contract offers all those things have to line up and it's really hard players it's a tough decision being. A, I haven't ever been a, a coveted free agent, other than maybe if. But, what, you, were, but you were a free agent. I mean, you know, it, it's still yeah, a tough it's decision. A tough decision. It's a tough. Like yeah. there's, there's, there's money. There's family. There's um, uh, geographic location. Um, you know, just how there's so much that goes into it, and reputation, and you know whether guys are in for the the long haul of building to get better. If guys want to jump right into, you know, a team like LA, that's got four MVPs, you know, like, yeah, but you, but David, you, you look at what you did in the second half. That's a selling point, man. Like, sure, sure. I don't need to tell you that. Like the, that there just probably, it's, it's a whole lot easier to say, Hey, this is what, this is, this is the way we're trending. This is what we did. Sure. Come on in. The water's fine. That's right. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. I just mean, everybody's in a different boat, you know, and everybody, everybody, when you get to be a free agent, you get to make your choice. And that's a powerful thing and a tough decision uh, when it comes to dollars and family and, and a, a lot of different, the unknown, especially if you're switching, you know, he's switching to play like uh, Xander Bogarts. Let's just say you Boston guy, love him to death, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not familiar with his work. He's, he's a lot of, he's a lot of, he's got a lot of history there in Boston, man. You know, that's a, uh, He's a he's a he's a quality human being and and won two championships there and a really talented player. He gets to he gets to make his own choice. So um, yeah, I mean I'm excited. I'm excited as heck. But it's a it's a 
I don't put the cart before the horse. I try to, to wait and see, and uh, I can't wait to whoever we get um, to to call them and congratulate them, and wait to can't wait to get to work with them. Well, I tell you what, if it if it doesn't ever get to that point, you can know that if you ever do talk to Xander, just know that. You you can say much like yourself, Xander. I also have a baseballs and boring T-shirt. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's one good. Hey, good. <laughs> hey the uh, I have to ask because this I, I'm interested in sort of managing the managing the man the having to manage, and it's not okay. managing on the field. Okay, the report came out about you know Wilson Contreras and whatever. Like that was a weird time, right? And he's giving hugs. Sure. I mean, so can you take me back as much as you can about? from your perspective, what that was like, because there was a, it seems as a manager, you have to juggle a lot of things going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think man, that's what managing is, right? You're managing the game, you're managing people, you're managing, uh, your, your team, the front office, the training staff, the strength. I mean, there's, there's just the coaching staff, um, the message to the fans, the, the media, there's a lot of different balls you're juggling. So, um, I, you know, I've got my first taste in, the year before with, you know, Rizzo and Bryant, Baez, you know, that that gave me a lot of insight on just their mindset. Them, Those guys were obviously, you know, World Series champions that I was connected with from a, my playing days that we had a rapport that we could just have conversation. They would come in and tell me what's on their mind, what was bothering them. Um, very open and, and I'm a like I said, I'm a straight shooter. I, I try to I try to speak with love and honesty as much as I possibly can. So um, keeping them in the loop as much as I can. And also like, you don't know, right? Like there may be stuff like this team's calling, that team's calling. Yet at, at the end, you know, half the time I'm like, I don't even really want to know because I don't have any control over it. You know, it right. doesn't, you know, so if I've got a question that a player's asking me, I can go to him. He's very transparent with me and we have great conversations um, but half the time, I just don't want to know. I want to, I want to be, I, I don't want to ever lie to the player if they have a question for me, if I know something or, cause I, I'm, I'm not good at that. I'm not, uh, I'm, I, I, I value telling the truth. And so I don't want to tell them something that's not true. Uh, but I also don't want them to worry. So dealing with, you know, Wilson and him feeling like it, he might go and the, the uncertainty of the trade deadline, you know, we don't really know. So, um, I just would communicate to him about playing and when I would give him a day off, don't read into it. Like, this is just a day off. I like, you know, just continue to talk, talk it out. I'm, I'm, I probably over communicate, but I try to let everybody in on like, here's what I'm thinking. Here's why, um, you know, I do, I'm sensitive to like when it is in the media and everybody's like, I'm going to let him catch the last game before we leave on a road trip and the trade deadlines on a road trip. I just like, I don't know what's going to happen, but maybe this is his last game here. I don't know. Um, and so when it comes down, he's not being traded and you get to go deliver that news from somebody that really valued Chicago and staying there and loving the place. Like it's good news. It's jump for joy. It's hugs. I get to keep a great player. I get to keep Ian Happ. I get to keep Wilson Contreras. Um, it also stinks to see David Robertson leave and, uh, Michael Givens and, you know, the guys that, that left. So there's, there's, there's good and bad and it's hour to hour. It's day to day. Uh, <laughs> and you try to juggle those emotions and stay in like, Hey, we're playing St. Louis tonight. Let's get our shit together and focus and, 
um, we got a we got a baseball game to win with whoever we're strapping it on with, you know. So it, is it so? So do you basically because, like you said, I don't I have to focus on what's in front of me, right? And so do you say to Jed, say until it until it like the rubber meets the road, just don't let me know until we really need to know. He'll he'll hint at like, hey, um, something's close with this certain player the day of. And so if like, you know, one of the clubhouse guys come and talk to me, I'll have to get a guy at the bullpen to come in out of the game or, um, you know, it's not, I'm not blindsided and there's, there's conversations and, you know, Scott Efros this year, like who wasn't even on the radar to get traded. You just hear every time after a game, you know, for the last shoot felt like, felt like a month. It probably wasn't, but like, you know, shoot, Scott Efros is getting a lot of attention. Shoot, Scott Efros, you know, it's like every other day they say that's like, well, we we trade in Efros, you know, like <laughs> I, we better not be trading Scott Efros. That's one of my favorite, that's one of my best relievers and he's under control for the next five years. You know, that's what the manager thinks, but they're looking at, I don't know who is in the mix of who might we, who we might get or that. I just hear like one of my really good players is, is name keeps coming up when we just have, you know, general discussions. So, um, but that's part of the business. So yeah, I don't like to get in the weeds. I think, I think some people do. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what my value is in that. Like my value is to keep the players focused on winning and working to get yeah, back. That's hard. That's today. hard. This day and age, that's hard. It's hard. Well, because there's so many outside, so much outside noise, but if I don't change and I come in and be the consistent person every single day, that's all I can control. And when I talk to them, I give them honesty. They know that. They know if they walk in my office, they're getting honesty and truth. And when I see them, I'm rooting for them. I'm, I'm, we're, we're trying to win that day. There's no other focus on my plate than, than trying to win that baseball game. So um, as long as I stay true to that, then they know. I, my, the best managers I had, I knew what was expected of me. I knew who that person was going to be on a consistent basis. This is who Joe Madden is. This is who Bobby Cox is. This is who Bruce Bochy is. This is who Terry Francona is. When I walk in the door every single day, he, this is what he's expected of me and this kind of attitude he brings. I'm just trying to do that. Okay. Now we look back. This is a tough one. I'm sorry to ask you this, but when you, when you play Wilson Contreras, right in your heart, did you think that he was going to get traded? I honestly didn't know. Okay. I, yeah, I honestly. Well, it's like, I, I go. I, all I have is experience, and and like I don't. I've been doing this three years, Rob, and like 2020 was like I don't know what that was. That was like an extended spring. No, that's, that's, that's like half. That's yeah. That's the. I okay, don't want to say so, it doesn't count. So I've got two and a half. I got two and a half years of experience. And Trade deadline was three weeks into the season, by the way. So yeah. Right. Well, and then I get and then I get traded. You know. Riz and KB and Javi and those guys got traded um, at the deadline my second year, really my first full season. So it was it was very much like a learning process in the moment. And so did I have a feeling that some of those guys might get traded? Yes. But when they took the I, – I sat – I sat uh, – KB had a scheduled day off before the trade deadline on a day game. And Rizzo came in my office the day before. He's like, I'm cooked. I need a day. So I was like, cool. So KB and Riz did not play the last home game at Wrigley Field. That was not because I was thinking about the trade deadlines because KB had a scheduled day off. And 
Riz came in my office and I Rizzo what what he what he needs um, for when he comes in because he plays every day. So like for me to say I was looking forward to that, I don't. I focus on winning the game that day. I don't. I don't. Mm. I really don't give a crap about what the trade rumors and the trade deadlines and who might go where because I don't have any control over that. Yeah, hey, there you go. Nail on the head. Nail on the head. There, that's why you're the best. At last question. This is a good one. Okay. Which is more difficult? It seems like a, a silly question, but I think it's a good one. Which is more difficult? Dancing with the stars <laughs> or or managing a baseball team. Now now we've gone oh my God. through like about a million layers of this job that you have, which I am like I have the adrenaline coursing through your veins. Your heart rate's like at one eighty right now because we're talking the great game of baseball. But then, you know, and people say, Oh, well, it's just dancing. But the uncertain you know baseball, you know all this stuff. But you didn't know dance. So, which is more difficult? I would, I would definitely say, I would definitely say managing a baseball team is more difficult. And when I say difficult, I don't want it to come off. It's like there's more passion to learn. I learn something every day. I get to sit there and manage, even though I know baseball. It's not. It's about managing people. It's about managing, um, you know, the game, the rules, the you know the relationships, um, all that dancing. I at least learned to dance within a week and then could forget about it. You know, I can't, um, dancing with have stars. You danced, have you danced? That I tell you this, I've never been more nervous than I was on dancing with stars. I don't yeah. care world series at bat. I've never been more nervous than locking arms, fixing to start a dance in, in front of 15 million people live on TV. And I got no idea which foot goes first. That was definitely, that was definitely my, my partner, in my ear yelling me, yelling at me right heel lead i'll never forget that I <laughs> my brain went blank when, when it started to count down for my time to go that is a that is a nervous nervous energy that have, have you danced since have you have you utilized your uh your, your new your toolbox no, no no. i i tell everybody my stance like everybody thinks i can go to a wedding and like just grab some lady and and go through a ballroom dance or go go through the cha-cha or something or or the waltz like my idea of dancing before that was like, you know, having a couple of cocktails and grinding up on my ex-wife, you know, like that's, that's, that was my idea of dancing for dancing with the stars. Right. So like, I've definitely, uh, I've definitely stayed off the dance floor as much as possible. Uh, since then. I've just grabbed, you know, my, my seven year old daddy daughter dances and stuff like that. But, um, that's about it. All right. Well, well, I, I think as always, well, well said, well done. So there you go. That's a, I'm, Glad you have me on. Always enjoy our conversation. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.